Thank you, everyone. It was just a super powerful um, time in worship that we just got to enjoy there. So I just want to engage back in with that, if that's okay. So if you just want to position yourselves in posture towards the Lord, and we'll fix our hearts and our minds on Him again. Jesus, we choose to give you our attention today. We choose to give you our affection again today. As I was preparing for this message and praying for us, I just got this image of this water flowing through this room. And it's funny because during worship, I sense my feet being wet. And I kind of get this sense that as we go through this morning, like Ezekiel's River, that water is just going to, we're just going to go deeper and deeper into it. That water rushing through is waters of refreshment. It's waters of joy, new season of joy. It's waters that are meant to wash away any tiredness or weariness that you're feeling. And to bring you new life today. So I just release life over you. One day, when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son and you bring me great joy. Before Jesus was launched into his public ministry, he had this affirmation from the Father. Before he did anything. And I, I just sense this weightiness on that, that he wants us to know before we do anything for him. That you are his dearly loved son. That you are his dearly loved daughter. And that you bring him great joy. In this moment, you sitting there brings him great joy. As just mentioned, we've been going through uh, this passage, famously known as the Great Commission, and I just want us to head there right now and just look at it with fresh eyes today. 
So Matthew 28, verse 18, Jesus says, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of of the age. So what we have here is the instruction to go and make disciples of all nations, and then we get the what or the or the how, baptizing them and teaching them. And I want to raise something, and this could just be my opinion, uh, but it's something that I have seemed to experience in in my church journey. <clears throat> And that I think, and the reason I want to bring it up is because I believe it is what has caused the deactivation of the church in discipleship and, and making disciples. We have two things to do there. <laughs> Baptising and teaching. And I feel like there has been an elevation of teaching and discipleship being reduced to teaching alone. And it's caused a few problems. I, and before I go any, any further, please don't hear that I am against teaching. Obviously, I'm up here teaching. Uh, please, like, we see Jesus teach. We see his disciples teach. We see it throughout uh, the early church. And we see a very clear command here to teach. So I'm not saying to wipe out teaching, but what, I'm, what I've seen is an, an elevation of it, of the value of it. And, and what I see that our discipleship has almost become is people, me, let's take, for example, me up here speaking to you and then you going out and you understanding that you just need to find people to come and sit down and be under someone's teaching and then we call that discipleship. And the problem with that is in most cases there's little uh, relationship or little to no relationship between me and you in some cases. And therefore there is a lack of accountability of you ever activating anything that I say to you. Relationship is key. The other thing that I've seen is that someone standing up here and teaching has been elevated as a, almost a level of success or maturity in Christianity. And this has become a position to be coveted instead of a gift to be honoured amongst all the other gifts. There's more. There's more. <laughs> so what I want to do is, is break up <laughs> this first part of this verse where it talks about baptising in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now, I grew up in a Baptist church, so I may be a bit Baptist inclined here. But my understanding of this passage meant that I was to go and preach the good news of salvation and the gospel and then bring people into salvation and then have them go under the waters of baptism and then go teach. Teach them about Jesus, teach them about God. And that in and of itself 
seems right. Right? I'm not from reading that passage that that seems okay. But could it be that there's more to it than that? So I'm going to break it down a little bit here. We're going to start with this but here, baptizing. Some, in some cases, in some translations, baptizing is the word, the word used is immersion. Now, immersion from we know from baptism, when we go under the water, it's this idea that we're fully immersed in something. Right? It comes all around us. It's almost like another way of saying it is we get consumed by something else. Uh, the only way I know how to explain it is um, before I, I moved to Thailand, I started reading up about Thailand. Right? I started reading up about the people, about the culture, about the foods, and I had some level of understanding and knowledge about the country of Thailand. But it wasn't until I went there and stepped foot in the land of Thailand that I got immersed into the culture, that I started to taste the flavours of Thailand, where I started to see uh, the way they interacted with each other. And, and as I hugged the people, I started to feel the people, that now my experience of Thailand was something different. Over there, it was somewhat head knowledge, whereas now it's coming from a place of heart that I, I've fallen in love with that country. Does that make sense? From the Bible, we know and understand that Jesus left his divine privileges of heaven and then came and walked into the earth that he created and was immersed into this worldly reality that you and I live in. And he walked and he ate with his creation. And he engaged with the, the world and its cultures. But there was something interesting that happened or that he demonstrated. Instead of when the leper touching him, him becoming unclean, when he touched the leper, they became clean. He somehow was able to live in this world that is somewhat corrupt and that we all get uh, tempted by the sin in this world and yet he didn't. He remained sinless. So he engaged with it from a different reality. What is that reality? It says, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Now we know the name is not just a name. A name means a lot more than that. It's not that when I just put someone under the water of baptism, I don't make sure that I say, in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's more than that. We know that when we pray something in Jesus' name, and I love that we were declaring Jesus' name so much today, that when we say that we're speaking of his identity, we're speaking of his authority, his position, his title, and that is in whose name that we come. But in the name is also someone's nature and character. In Exodus 34, when God encountered Moses, he introduced his name. He said, I'm Yahweh. God has a name. And then he went on to describe who Yahweh was. I'm merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry, abounding in love. He was describing his character and his nature to him. 
Now, I somewhat brought this Bible to make me look smart because it's the biggest one I have. But it's the, the complete Jewish Bible. I don't know if that's false advertising, but that's what it claims to be. But if you uh, love learning about Jewish history and culture and seeing it come alive in the scriptures, can I highly recommend this version? Uh, the, the challenge is some words are in Hebrew, and so you kind of got to learn Hebrew along the way. But let's ha- see how it translated this passage that we have been reading. Verse 19, Therefore go and make people from all nations into, that word there's disciples, immersing them into the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Immersing them into the reality of the name, the essence, the nature, the character of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Now we know uh, that in the mystery of our faith that God is one in three persons, right? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's one of the hardest things to try and (laughs) comprehend that the three are are one. You've all heard the egg analogy, uh, (laughs) the stool analogy, uh, but God is three in one. But yet they're three distinctive roles. And... As we read the word, we get to discover the three different kind of roles that they play. And this isn't an extensive list, but we learn to know that the Father is our provider. He is our protector. He's the one who releases destiny and identity. We come to learn through reading the word that Jesus is our friend. He's our bridegroom. Uh, He's our... Healer, He's our Saviour, He's our Redeemer. We learn about the Holy Spirit, that He is our Comforter. He is our Guide. He is our Convictor. (laughs) And He is our Power. So we read about these things and we can know about these things. But our journey of our faith is seeing those things that we know become the reality that we walk in. So as an example, and I'm sure some of you in this room have examples like this, but when I was uh, living as a missionary in California, tough life, uh, I wasn't able to earn any money. Uh, the, the church I was working for, working for uh, was able to give me 500 cash a month uh, to live off to kind of pay for petrol and food and that type of thing. And this one particular month, uh, I remember I was at the local mall and I was sitting outside Yogurtland and really feeling like frozen yogurt. And I looked in my wallet and I was living off cash at the time and I had like 2 to $3 American dollars left in my wallet. And I'm like, I had about one or two weeks left until I got my next $500 cash. And I was like, I really want Froyo. (laughs) Thankfully, a friend did 
uh, go and get me some Froyo, so I didn't go without, praise God. Uh, but that's not the end of the story. I went home and I will admit I was anxious. I was worried. I had grown up in a family where I never had to worry about money. I always had everything I had and got whatever I wanted. And here for the first time in my life, I am sitting in a foreign country <laughs> as an adult uh, with no money. And I've read God's the provider. But yet in that moment, I was anxious and worried, not knowing how I was going to get through to these next two weeks to that next $500 payment. The next day, I walked into my, my office at the church and there, sitting on my desk in this little pink envelope, I kept the envelope, was $1,000 cash. And in that moment, that knowledge of God being provider became a reality. And it became an invitation for me to continue walk, to walk out that reality that God is provider. So that every other time that in my life when I start to worry about finances, and trust me, ministry is not the area to go in if you don't want to worry about finances, it's the invitation to remember that moment. And there's been others since where God becomes provider. Jesus did this with his disciples. He actually put them in situations where they would be in lack without bread, on water, in fear, without knowing where they're going. So they had to learn who God was in their life. So that they could learn those truths and then begin to walk out in the reality of those truths. Sometimes I think, especially us in the Western world where we have things we need, <laughs> that we somewhat don't get to enjoy the realities of God because we don't put ourselves in a position where we need them. And I'm not saying that that means we make silly things and do and to test God. We need to steward our finance as well. We, you know, I'm not saying that, but why would you need a comforter <laughs> when you make sure you're in comfort all the time. I want to do a little illustration. I'm a visual, uh, so I'm hoping that this visual will help you guys and that you'll go away with it and stick with it. So this was the closest Barbie doll I could get to look like me. She uh, has big curly hair, um, being inclusive. Uh, the, my concern was that her hair might get wrecked by the water, but we'll find out. So let's say, I'd also never wear a dress like this, but anyway. Uh, let's say <laughs> for a moment that this is each of us, okay? This is, this is you and me. And, and let's say, as it is, that this space all around us is the world. 
Uh, it is the reality of the world. It's the cultures of the world. It's the earthly nature that we live in. And I want you to imagine for a moment that this water that is in here represents the reality of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, everything that makes up who He is, right? His presence. Now, I don't want you to think of it as being boxed in or lesser than this reality. It's just for this illustration. There's no other way unless you're all going to be getting wet. All right? So <laughs> this in here represents the reality of Father, Son, Holy Spirit. What my experience of somewhat Christianity, if I put it into that box, is that I would just, you know, most of us just go through the world, engaging with the world uh, out here. And then I would read my Bible. I would watch YouTube clips. I would listen to sermons. I would watch videos about the reality of God and look about it and want it. But I, I, most of the time I'm just looking at it from the outside. And I may have these moments where it could be at a conference or it could be at an amazing worship set or a prayer and I'm somewhat uh, having these experiences of God. But I'm almost doing baptism gymnastics. And most of the time I'm just walking my normal everyday in life longing for these experiences. Yet Jesus' invitation to us is to actually get immersed in his reality, remain there, and then to start to see the world through his reality. Nicole, can you come here for a sec? Can you hold this for me? You've got to walk with me. All right. So the invitation then is as we go throughout our world, we're taking... She's floated to the top. That's not us. We're in it. All right. <laughs> we're going through the reality. We're going through the world through, and we're walking through with the reality of God, and we're releasing it wherever we go. We're not hopping in and out of it. I was going to write a book once called The Rain Wrecked My Hair. This one's The Baptism Wrecked My Hair. <clears throat> now I've lost my train of thought. Um, when we d choose to live, and it has to be intentional, when we choose to live in that way where we're walking and taking the reality of God with us, we are then inviting everyone who is around us into that reality. That's what Jesus did. So instead of going into our workplaces, instead of going into dark environments and those things affecting us, we are now affecting them. So when I'm faced with an injustice, I'm not sitting there all bitter and angry at the person. Instead, what the people around me are watching is how I'm releasing forgiveness and love towards that person. That's the reality of God.
I kind of feel sorry for her. So we want to live immersed in it and then invite others to be immersed in it with us. Did you notice that Jesus didn't say to his disciples, come listen to me teach. Come watch me heal a person and then see you later. He said, come follow me. Come be with me. Be in my presence. Watch my interaction with the Father. Watch my interaction with the Holy Spirit. See how I live. I can tell you that I am sure the miraculous and the spectacular was not in every moment of every day. There were ordinary days where they were just with him. Yet he didn't discount that withness. It was just as important. Probably the greatest <coughs> discipleship experience I had uh, was I was in Bangkok uh, for the first time for my YWAM outreach phase and I met a pastor from America and he invited me to share my story with him and then after sharing my story with him, he said to me, I want to invite you to come and live with my family in California. And maybe he's like, maybe three months and you can do somewhat of an internship with us for three months uh, and we'll probably include others in on that as well. And to me, I was like, oh, that sounds like fun. And I said yes to that invitation. So I finished YWAM, a couple months home and then I flew off uh, to California. And I remember after three days of living uh, in his house with his family, I remember emailing my mum and my sister home and saying, this sucks. There is no program. There is nothing listed that I have to do today. I'm just sitting around. Uh, there is actually nothing set for the whole three months I'm here. Me and the other intern, uh, his name was Duan from Chicago. We would literally, the, the three days up until this point, we had just gone and walked to In-N-Out and Chick-fil-A and ate and discussed, what are we doing here? It took me a while to realise that this pastor had just invited us into his life to see how he interacted with his family to see how his walk with Jesus looked like. There was even a moment where um, it was one night, we were all up in our, in our rooms and he comes and gets me and the other intern and come sits, to come sit down in the lounge room. And there in the lounge room was him and his wife and this other random guy that we didn't know. And they start conversing. He's a, he was like, just, just come and sit in on this conversation. So they start having this conversation and I quickly realise that him and his wife have been having a conflict and they haven't been able to figure it out on their own. So they had invited this person to come and sit in and help mediate so they could come to a resolution. And it, once I realised that, I looked over to Duan and I was like, we shouldn't be here. Like, this is super awkward. But he had invited us into even his mess. Yeah. 
to be disciple, to see how to work out things in conflict. Complete immersion. As I thought about it later, I realized that he, he must have had some sort of confidence to say, hey, come and live into my, in my world. A confidence of how he lived his life and, and his uh, experience with Jesus, that it was going to be something that would be good rubbing off on us. It's like the, the same confidence that Paul had when he said, follow me as I'm following Christ. Probably the hardest question that I've ever heard related to uh, discipleship is this. You ready? Would I want to multiply myself? When I look at my life, are there areas of my life that I wouldn't want multiplied in others? And that's not to say you're not good enough to make disciples. It's not to say that that discounts you and to deactivate you. It's actually an invitation to, that Jesus is pointing out those things and saying, hey, let's work on those and let's actually be vulnerable with other people that we're not all together either. Can I, do I want to multiply myself? I think we need to not discount the power of invitation to invite people into our lives. And it may not be as big as inviting someone into our home, but I would say that's somewhat of a goal. <laughs> but we can start small. We can start by inviting people over for dinner. We can start by, if my family is going on a trip, inviting someone to come along on that trip with us. It can be if I'm going to watch a sporting game to invite someone to come. The whole point is relationship. Allowing who I am and my reality with the Father to be released to others and disciple in that way. This is why this actually activates all of us into disciple making. Everyone can do it. But the question we have to ask first is are we living immersed in the reality of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Can you guys all stand with me? My prayer is that what you've heard today has freed you from any expectations or performance that you've had around the idea of disciple-making.
that there's a simple invitation to be with Him and be immersed in His reality that naturally then gets released. I think possibly even for some of you in here, the idea of even uh, responding to Jesus' invitation to come follow Him has not been enticing, enticing because you've understood it as rules and regulations to be obeyed instead of relationship. And He wants to invite you into a relationship with Him today. For some of you, you may have been spending your time like I did, going in and out of the reality of God. These realities coexist. It's just that the one you give more attention to is the one that you become more aware of. And the invitation is to step deeper into the awareness of the presence of God. In that reality is fullness of joy. And it's an absolute privilege to walk and go throughout the world releasing that reality to, the, to a hurting and broken world. To not run away with it from it because we don't know what to do with what we're facing. But to engage with it from a different perspective where life is released, love is released, forgiveness is released, peace is released. Heaven on earth. And you are a carrier of that. It's no longer about something you do, it's who you are. And if you are sensing that invitation to go deeper, I just invite you to walk forward. You're not walking towards me. You're walking deeper in the river of God's presence that's available to you today. With Him, we only go deeper. <laughs> just ask that your rivers of living water just flow through this place right now. Would you release freedom? Would you release joy? Would you release life over every person here?
Would the chains that have been holding them back just be ripped off right now in Jesus' name? Thank you for your presence. Would you baptize us afresh today in who you are, the reality of who you are, the fullness of who you are. You are not limiting anything from us. You are a God of abundance. You pour out your abundance upon us. You bestow all blessings upon us. Lord, we receive that today. Spirit flow. Unfortunately, we've, we've attached many things even to this idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit and we've made it more about the sign and the wonder and the tongues and other things. But the simplicity of being baptized in the Holy Spirit is just God fully surrounding Himself, wrapping Himself around us, where He dwells in us by His Spirit. But that promise that Jesus said, my, my Spirit will come, wait for that for that full immersion and that's all it is it's just an act of love it's an act of intimacy it's an act of connection and maybe even for you it might help just imagine it's just the father coming and wrapping himself around you and that's what he desires and there might be outcomes of of tongues there might be outcomes of seeing differently walking in power all of those things and they're wonderful but they're just the fruit of the presence of God That's all it is, but His desire is that you'd be wrapped up and immersed in Him. So we just thank You, Lord, that it is Your desire to baptize us. It's Your desire to to immerse us in Yourself. It's Your desire to come and to wrap Yourself around us. So we just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Father, would You come and just wrap Your arms around me? Yes, Holy Spirit, would you come, just wrap yourself around me, Lord. I receive immersion. I receive baptism now. I desire it, Lord. We thank you, Lord. It doesn't make anyone a, a super Christian. It's not a sign of salvation. It's, it's a desire of the Father. And it's our desire, so we say, come Holy Spirit. 
even Lord, where we may have been baptised in the past, but like do it again, Lord. Baptise us again, Lord. Baptise us again, Lord. Let it be a continual thing, Lord. And every time we find ourselves dry, we know that we can come and step back into the flow of Your presence. So we just thank You. Holy Spirit, You're moving now. You're pouring out Your presence, Lord. And we just receive it, God. We thank, we thank You, Lord. We don't need to be deserving of it. We just need to be open to receive it. All the times that Your Spirit was poured out upon people in the Bible, Lord, wasn't it because they were deserving it's because they were willing we just say we're willing Lord that your spirit come we receive Lord we receive we receive we receive thank you thank you and Father we receive by faith also ask, Lord, that we would receive by experience, Lord, that we'd feel your presence, Lord, we'd know your presence. And I encourage you just to come, just posture yourself as a child before the Lord and just let him move. You might feel some things, you might feel tingling, you might feel heat, you might feel the wind, you might feel heaviness, you might feel electricity in your body. It doesn't, again, it's not about the sign. I just believe the Lord wants to just assure you today that He's here. Assure you today that His desire is for you. His desire is to be with you and that you would know His presence. Say, come Holy Spirit.
for your love, Father. And Lord, we pray that as we go out into the week, Lord, we would you would just be teaching us, continue to teach us, Holy Spirit, what it means to stay in that place of immersion, Lord. Just to stay in the river, to stay connected. Lord, that you would teach us new ways. Teach us new ways, Lord. To stay in that place, to stay in that flow.